Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. There behind the glass stands a real blade of grass. Be careful as you pass. Move along, move along. Welcome back, everybody. Seth and Sean Sports Radio on Blog Talk Radio at sportspage.com. No Seth Gaming today. Nope, nope. It's that corporate tax day, April 15th for personals, October 15th for corporate. And that means Seth is pretty much, I don't know, he's got till midnight to cash everything out, put everything in the right spot. But I'm sure he'll do it. He does it every year. This is a stressful situation for Seth. April 15th, you guys know. October 15th, not so much. But here we are on a Tuesday, October 15th, and thus I am alone. So 45 minutes. We'll probably get through 30, half the host, half the time, and just me. So first let me recap the weekend. What a phenomenal weekend. And I'm not talking sports-wise. I'm talking personal-wise. We are personally involved in the show. You guys have all heard about Seth's kids. In fact, you've heard Seth's kids on the show. And now you're going to hear a little bit about mine. No, not my kids. I don't have any of those. But niece and nephew you have heard about, Bennett Caleb Abbey. Well, it was Abby and Caleb's birthday this weekend, and I flew up to New York. It seems like I am flying Every week, but that's not true. That's really not true. Remember, I drove home from I drove home from Arizona, and this is the first flight that I've taken back and forth in over five weeks. Now, for the next five weeks, I will be going up to New York three times. So that's not to say that I won't be flying again. But anyway, I digress. So Abby and Kayla's birthday this this weekend, what a phenomenal event. Ninth birthday. Happy birthday, guys. Took Abby to Harry Potter. If you are looking for a show, and I mean a show, not a musical, a show, a play, Harry Potter on Broadway, well worth the money. Not a musical at all. And surprisingly not a musical to me. I should have known better. But believe it or not, because it wasn't a musical, I didn't fall asleep. I always fall asleep on Broadway for at least 10 minutes. Not this show. Well, maybe not with the price tag either. If you'd like to call in, 760-283-0846. 760-283-0846. The price tag was a little bit steep, but it was worth it for my girl. It was worth it for my baby girl. The promise was you finish all seven Harry Potter books by your birthday, you get to go to the show. That's called incentive. We all have incentive. All sports teams have incentives, and we'll get to that in a second. And then, Caleb, not so much the Broadway guy, more the science guy. So we go to the Museum of Natural History, and I thank Mike Glazer, a fan of the show, for helping us out with that. Lots of tickets, lots of exhibitions. Mike, thank you very much. Caleb had a wonderful time. Pundaba, if you will. 
Before the weekend, I we've all t- we've all heard about my camp experience at Greylock G G R E Y L O C K. Well, had a great mini reunion with Jimmy Mason, Mark Fearman, Jason Eisenberg, and that still Mike Glazer. Great times, great times, and you know. We talked about it a lot over on Friday night over drinks, whether you would send your kids to sleepaway camp. And I don't have kids, and I don't have that cost, and that cost is exorbitant. It's over ten grand for seven weeks. But I will tell you, I loved camp. Camp was the most exciting seven weeks of every single year for me, except for the first year. Didn't exactly enjoy it, but I would highly recommend Highly recommend. If you'd like to call in, 760-283-0846. Like I said, I am alone tonight for 30 to 45 minutes. We'll see what happens. So we'll talk a little bit baseball. We'll talk a little bit about football. And then I'm going to give you the hockey preview that you deserve. Because last week we pushed through it. Last week was a hard week for both Seth and myself at, at work. Seth, with the October 15th deadline, me first coming back after a hard drive from Arizona, still getting my bearings, and we were able to push through, but we didn't give you the hockey preview that you deserve. Next week, we'll have our NBA preview. Seth is not the hockey enthusiast at myself, uh, as, as I am. But first, let's touch upon the baseball. So Yankees and Astros, 1-1, Carlos Correa, 11th inning, game-winning hit. Correa, the number one pick in the draft, over five years ago, overlooked as a superstar because of injuries. He has had trouble staying healthy, but this man can be the top player on that team, better than Altuve, better than Bregman, better than any of them. He's 6'3", shortstop. 215. All he's got to do is stay healthy. He's got all the tools. The problem is he hasn't been able to stay healthy. But he's the guy you don't want to see. I know everybody else doesn't want to see Altuve. They don't want to see Mike Brantley. They don't want to see Alex Bregman or uh, Yandir Alvarez. I don't want to see Carlos Correa if I'm coming up in that spot. And, And he delivers. Tonight, well, you're supposed to have game three, but The rain passed through Atlanta this morning. It's passed through Washington, D.C. around 4 o'clock. I'm not really sure they're going to get that game in tonight. But I guess, you know what, you can't stop Mother Nature. We shall see. Let's switch over to the National League, where the Nationals are dominating those St. Louis Cardinals. Dominating. And dominating with starting pitching. Annabelle Sanchez, Steven Strasburg, Max Scherzer, dominating with starting pitching. And Seth and I both said that at the beginning of the year, first of all, both of us picked the Nationals to win the World Series. Or I think I did. He picked the Astros to win the World Series, but had the Nationals in there. And the fact of the matter is we both said this is the team that you don't want to face if the starting pitching is on. And we didn't count on Annabelle Sanchez throwing seven innings of no-hit ball, but The other three sure did. We counted on Strasburg with 10 to 12 Ks and Max Scherzer with a no-hitter hit bid. 
They are dominating the starting pitching. Dominating. And I'm having a hard time here because there are three out of these four teams that I utterly despise. And I'm having a hard time rooting for anybody but the Astros. And the Astros are the best team. So it's hard for me to root for the favorite, too. I hate the Yankees. Anybody that listens to the show knows I hate the Yankees. I hate the Yankees. I hate the Red Sox. I'm a Mets fan. I hate them both. I think I hate them more than I hate the Braves. I'm not a big fan of the Nationals. It seems like every place I used to live, I don't like where the, I don't like the team. I like them when I'm there. I like the Braves eh, a little bit. Certainly not as poor, uh, not as much of a rivalry as when I lived in New York. Now I hate the Nationals even more. So you have the Nationals against the Cardinals. Not a huge Cardinals fan. Cardinals just win all the time. The Cardinals are like the Red Sox. I don't want to see them win anymore. And then you have the Astros, who happen to be the best team left in the playoffs. And I like them, but they are the prohibitive favorite. So who do I go with here? Who do I watch these games and root for? Well, all right. The Astros won it last year. All right. I really don't like seeing it again. The Cardinals, well, the Cardinals aren't very good. They squeaked in. Okay, I don't like them. You'll never see me rooting for the Yankees. So I guess that means I'm going to root for the Nationals. Hard as that may be. And if it's the Nationals and Astros, well, all right, I'll take either one. Really, as long as it's not the Yankees. Again, 760-283-0846. It's just myself tonight, so we are taking calls absolutely as much as we want. 760-283-0846. All right, let's move on to the NFL quick. Sam Darnold returns, Jets win. Is this an if and then statement? So every time that the Jets play with Sam Darnold, they will win now? Well, they have they faced a tough task in the Cowboys, who really didn't look very good. They really didn't at all. Caleb and I watched the game on the way home. They just didn't look good. But the Jets look like a totally different team with Sam Darnold under center. And that's not to say the Jets are going to come and beat New England next week. I'm not even saying that they will – they're one in four. If they win seven games, I will be shocked. I will be tremendously happy. But I will be shocked because to win seven games, they only have 12 left. They have to go 500. And 500 against the Bills, I mean, the Jets' schedule is not the easiest schedule in the world. They still have to face, get up the Jets' schedule real quick. All right, they have to face the Patriots, which could be a a loss, 0-1. Jaguars away, loss to me, 0-2. The Dolphins, hopefully a win, one and one. The Giants at home, well, the Giants, Jackie, and whatever. Let's call it a win, two and two. The Redskins, three and two. The Raiders at home, I think that's a loss, three and two, three and three. The Bengals away, well, the Bengals may be the worst team in the NFL, so let's call that a win. It's four and three. The Dolphins at home, five and three. The Ravens away, definitely not. 
five and four. Steelers at home, which could be a win now. Six and four. I'm missing a game. Hold on a second. If they are one and four, let's go. Patriots is a loss, so that's one and five. Jaguars lost one and six. Dolphins win two and six. Giants win three and six. Redskins win four and six. Raiders lost four and seven. Bengals win five and seven. Dolphins win six and seven. Ravens lost six and eight. They'd have to beat the Steelers because I don't think they're being the Bills in the final game. So they can either go six and ten or seven and nine. Seven and nine to me after starting 0 and four is a winning season for them. Look, I, if they can pull a rabbit out of their hat and win – sorry, they have 11 games left. If they can win seven out of their next – seven out of the next 11 and go seven and four, well, then they're eight and eight. That's a 500 record. Still less than what we thought. Still less than what I thought. Anyway, but happy to see Sam Darnold back. Hopefully, this will improve Le'Veon Bell's performance, not only for my fantasy league team, but for him as well. He's only averaging 3.0 yards per game, per carry. That's not going to get it done in the NFL. But welcome back, Jamison Crowder. Welcome back, Robbie Anderson. Welcome back, the receiving crew that is the New York Jets. Because without Sam Darnold and with Luke Falk, there was no receiving crew whatsoever. So here we are. Now let's move on. Okay? So that's where we are with the Jets. Jets face New England on Monday at home. Could they beat a New England team? Look, it's possible, but I don't think it's likely. They did play at home, right? Yep, they played at home. 8-15 Monday night. Well, the last Monday night game that they played was against Cleveland, and they got smoked. So... Who knows if that's going to happen. Then you have the Pittsburgh Steelers, who came across like gangbusters against the San Diego Chargers. In the other, there were a couple of upsets. The Texans beating the Chiefs was an upset. I was going to say the Redskins beating the Dolphins, but eh, not so much an upset. But you have the Chiefs going down. I lost my train of thought here. Wow, I really just lost my train of thought. Who else was I saying was going down? Chiefs were going down. Oh, come on. All right, I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. I completely lost my train of thought. So I will get this, who I was thinking of in a second, in week. Just have to get week six. Cleveland going down, New Orleans winning. Who's the other one I thought? Oh, the Rams going down and Pittsburgh beating the Chargers. The Chargers, without an offensive line, look like they are done. They are done. A playoff team, potentially a Super Bowl team for me, is pretty much done. The Rams were completely choked, choked out 
by the San Francisco 49ers, who looked tremendous, looked absolutely tremendous in what they were doing. And now they are 5-0 and and leading the NFC West. Okay, we're going to take a little break here. We've gone 16 minutes. We're about halfway done with the show. And I will be back in a couple of minutes with our NHL preview. <laughs> Hello out there, we're on the air, it's hockey night tonight. Tension grows, the whistle blows, and the puck goes down the ice. The goalie jumps and the players bump, and the fans all go insane. Someone roars, Bobby scores, that's a good old hockey game. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. Second period, where players dash with skates of flash, the home team trails behind, but they grab the puck and go bursting up, and they're down across the line. They storm the crease like bumblebees, they travel like a burning flame. We see them slide the puck inside, it's the 1-1 hockey game. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. Third period, last game in the playoffs, too. Oh, take me where the hockey players face off down the rink. And the Stanley Cup is all filled up for the champs who win the drink. Now the final flick of a hockey stick and a one gigantic scream. The puck is in, the home team wins the good old hockey game. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. So the first time that I heard that was up in Toronto where I believe they play that before the game. And I've heard it at the Hockey Hall of Fame. I've heard it a couple of times here and there. I really like the song. It's kind of like the Chicago Cubs song with a W, right? When they win and they have the Cubs song. And I think we have that on Blog Talk somewhere. Hold on a second. Let me see that. Cubs, go Cubs, go. Yeah, yeah, we have that. It's right here. Chicago, 
even as a Mets fan, remember, if you're a fan of the show and you've listened for a while, I have been to Chicago, I think it's four times for 12 games played at Wrigley between the Mets and, the, and Chicago. I have lost 11 of those games. So I've got 1-11 in Wrigley for the Cubs and for the Cubs and Mets. And every time the Cubs win, all you hear is go Cubs go. And you, you're, you, you quench your fist. You clench it. And you're like, this is an awful song. And then like two minutes later, you're singing, go Cubs go, go Cubs go. Hey, Chicago, what do you say? The Cubs are going to win today. And you slap yourself up the face because you're like, stop singing that song. There's no reason for you to sing that song. You're not a Cubs fan. Why are you singing that? It just gets in your head. It's a good song. It's a good song that, that just keeps – it brings forth a smile to your face. It, it certainly did mine. And even though the Mets lost, eh, still, still, still laughing about it, even a couple of years later. So, all right, I'm here in Atlanta. You all know this. I say you all. Wearing my flip-flops today, it's 60 degrees. Happy to be in flip-flops and shorts, even though everybody else is like in winter jackets down here in 60 degrees. Can you believe that? But once again, I came down here in March, right before the Islanders made the playoffs, and I really missed hockey. Really missed hockey. And here we are at the beginning of the hockey season, and I really miss hockey. I mean, even Seth said the other day, oh, you can go to an Atlanta Thrashers no, there is no Atlanta Thrashers. I mean, the, the closest place for me to go to hockey is Nashville, which is four hours away, and Carolina, which is four and a half. Carolina, they play, I believe, February 18th, which I think is President's Day. I will be there if I'm in town. And Nashville, they play some other day, which I will be there if I'm in town, because that's the closest place. There's not even a game that I could take my niece and nephew to when I go up there in November, I miss hockey. Like, I don't know how to better explain it, and I'm not sure I can get an NHL package down here, but I'm sure going to look because I miss it. I really miss the everyday of hockey. Okay, let's get on to our preview. If you'd like to call on 760-283-0846, 760-283-0846. I'm going to go through the teams in ranking of tiers. So you can, you can state that these teams are in certain tiers. Are they contenders? Are they just maybes? Are they going to disappoint? And are they just the bottom feeders? And there are three or four, and we mentioned them last week, like Vancouver, that are bottom feeders. But let's go through the top. The top. These guys can taste the cup. They can, they've been there. They've been to the championship. They just haven't. They're knocking on the door. And we talked about this last week, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay has so much talent, so much. Steven Stamkos, Victor Hayden, Braden Point. Braden Point, the third best player on that team and had the most points last year on that team. Stamkos may be the best sniper in all of hockey behind Ovechkin. This is a team that should make the finals this year. They should have made it last year. They ran into a hot Columbus team. Then you have Toronto. Toronto, firepower, 100%. 100%. They got everybody back. 
They got Nylander. They got Austin Matthews. They got John Tavares. Oh, can I say John Tavares still? I guess I have to say John Tavares. And they got Mitch Mariner, Marner, who was their best player, finally under contract. And then you had the Vegas Golden Knights. Those three are the knocking-on-the-door teams. The knocking-on-the-door. They're there. They're ready. And then you have the two teams from last year in the cup finals. You have the Blues and you have the Bros. Both in the cup finals, both didn't lose very much at all. In fact, they might have gained. The Blues coming back with Justin Falk, making another addition to the blue line, Peter Tr- Peter, Alex Peter Trangelo in the final year of his contract. So is he going to be traded at the deadline? Interesting, considering he's the captain. The Bruins getting everybody back, including Zidane O'Chara. Do I think they're going to make it to the finals? No, but they definitely have a chance. All right, so now let's go to the next tier. So we talked about the first tier, the guys that are, that are nipping at the butt. We talked about the return champs. Now we're talking about the next tier. And I would have put the Penguins in here. But no, too many injuries. Malkin already hurt. And if you asked me this before the season, yes, Pittsburgh in there, not anymore. Now, granted, I have about five games of preview, I guess, ahead. But I'm taking those five games. You got the Predators. Somehow the Predators, even with losing all of their guys, even even with – Every single year trying to reload. This year they, they lose Matt, uh, P.K. Subban, and they, they make a trade. They trade Subban, and they pick up Matthew Shane. So more firepower on the front line, less on the back line. But I think they're good. Then you have the Capitals and the Sharks. And If you're not rooting for the Sharks to win a, a Stanley Cup, you are not a hockey fan. You want Patrick Marlowe to win the Cup. You want Joe Thornton to win a cup. You want these guys to win a cup. Doug Wilson is not in the Hockey Hall of Fame somehow. Between his playing and his, and his GM-manship, managerial, executiveship, whatever you want to call it, how they are not, he is not in the Hall of Fame is beyond me. Hopefully that will be rectified soon. And then the Penguins are in the next wave, along with the Hurricanes, the Avalanche, and the Stars. The Hurricanes are the top defensive team in hockey. We talked about this last week. They are already off to a 5-0-0 start. This is a tremendous defensive team. The only thing that will stop this team is their goaltending. The Stars, opposite. Firepower, yes. Pavelski, Ryan Getzlaff, Taylor Segan, Jamie Benn, all on the front line. Not as much on the back line, but they do have the goalie, Ben Bishop. Then you have Colorado. Colorado riding a storm, baby. Fine. Uh, Nathan McKinnon may be a top five player in the NHL right now, but they are young, they are aggressive, they are hungry. This team is incredibly hungry. And then you have the Penguins, who may or may not be there at the end. They're getting older. Sydney is still Sid the Kid. But the rest of the team, they had to trade off Kessel. They've had to trade off a lot in the recent years. 
And then you have the next, the next group, the Winnipeg Jets. No defense. None. They trade all their defense. They lost Dustin Befogan. I can't pronounce that guy's name ever. The Islanders, great defense, little firepower. And the Calgary Flames, who you never really know where they are because of the goaltend. Last year, they had Mike Smith. He's now in Edmonton. And they bring Cam Talbot. Is he the answer? Or is it David Riddich? Is he the answer? The Flames have two stellar lines, four solid defensemen, including the Norris Trophy winner, and my, my favorite defenseman in the NHL, Travis Hamanick. But the goaltending, man, that goaltending, that's going to take a lot. So now you have the summer specials, the guys that may or may not, who have made advances in the summer, but will those pay off? The Coyotes, the Panthers, the Devils, the Rangers. Look, I don't like seeing the Rangers or the Devils increase. In fact, we all know the Rangers are my number one most hated team. Not even close. Not even close. Not even close to the Yankees. Not even. The Devils have made strides. The Rangers have made strides. The Coyotes picked up Kessel from Pittsburgh making strides. But can they put it all together for this year? And then you have everybody else. You have a whole lot of teams that are just in the middle ground. The Ducks, the Blackhawks, the Blue Jackets, the Wild, the Flyers, the Canadians, the Rangers, and then you have the Canucks and the Oilers. All of these teams, somebody could surprise. Do I think it will happen? No, I really don't. I think you're going to have a Stanley Cup final of the San Jose Sharks and the Tampa Bay Lightning which I would love. I would absolutely love that, that Stanley Cup. If we're looking for predictions here for the, for, the playoff, for the playoffs, let's go to them. Let's get to it. Okay, in the Atlantic Division. So remember, top three teams and two wild cards. So in the Atlantic Division, I will have Tampa Bay, number one, Toronto, number two, Boston, number three. In the Metro division, the Hurricanes, number one, the Capitals, number two, the the Islanders, number three. The two wild cards will be, these are not easy. I will pick the Penguins. Wow, this is this is harder than I thought. I'm gonna pick the Penguins and the Flyers because I think the Atlantic Division is too tough with everybody. And now let's go on to the to the Western Conference. So Central Division: the Avalanche, the Blues, and the and the Stars. In one in the then in the Pacific, the Vegas Golden Knights, the Sharks. And we will go with the Calgary Flames. And then the the wild cards for these two will be the Nashville Predators. Mm. Let's go with the Nashville Predators. 
Wow. I really don't like any of these teams for the second one. But let's go with the Winnipeg Jets. Is that and I, I don't like the Winnipeg Jets. I, I just don't like their defense. Okay, we're going to take f- the five minutes here. 602, if you'd like to call in again, 760-283-0846. 760-283-0846. We're going to take the five-minute five minute mark here and end the show. It's really hard doing a show for a ha- for an hour by yourself, but I do – want to continue the pledge that we made to our listeners last year that there will be a show every week. We had a little bit of a difficulty with technical difficulties a couple of weeks back that blog talk was not allowing us to do that. And last week we had to move it from Tuesday to Friday, but we will endeavor to have a show. This is my legal term. Endeavor to have a show every week. This is my best way. Okay. So my five minutes. There are two stories that are out on ESPN that I I hope that you will read. Number one is Daniel Hudson's story about how he missed game one of the National League Championship Series because of the birth of his daughter. And he was criticized for taking paternity leave by numerous people. And I think it's just crap. I just don't care. There's a great article by Jeff Passan on ESPN where it basically says everything about the whole saga with regards to his decision and how he made the decision, and there was never a choice. Well, there never should be a choice. Look, I don't have children. I'm the first person to say, you know what, you should be on that field. You should absolutely be on that field because I have no idea what it feels like to have kids. But I do have an idea what it feels like to have a niece and a nephew, numerous of them. And I do know what it's like to spend moments with them that you will never get back. And just yesterday morning, I was laying on my bed in my brother's house, and my nephew came over to me and laid down with me, and he was reading his book. And I had this shit-eating grin on my face, and Bennett looked at me and said, what are you so happy about, Uncle Sean? I said, Benny, I'm just happy being with you. And that's when he's already seven years old. That's not his birthday. That's not the day he came into the world. Sean Doolittle said it best. Quote, bringing a child into the world is a miracle. And if you have a chance to be there and share that experience with your wife and your family, you take it. Yeah. That was the first of Sean Doolittle's quotes. The second one was to all those people that criticize Daniel Hudson for not being there. In the in the clubhouse after the game, Doolittle was asked about Hudson. And Doolittle, according to ESPN and Passon's, Passon's article, says, Doolittle provides the money quote. Quote, 
if your reaction to someone having a baby is anything other than congratulations, I hope you're healthy, you're an asshole. Well, <laughs> I love Sean Doolittle. I am now a fan of – I've been a fan of Sean Doolittle for a while. I like the fact that he came up through the system from the Oakland Athletics, got traded. Um, I don't remember what the trade was, but traded to the Nationals. That is a fantastic quote. You are an asshole if you can't say, how is everybody? Are you healthy? I don't want to hear the first instinct of you should have been here. Sports is great. Look, my boss, Kane, said it best. He goes, I love sports. Sports is tremendous. You're absolutely right, Kane. It is. We don't have the show without sports. Sports is fantastic. It is a great, great reminder and of what is good in the world. It's a great diversion from politics. It's a great diversion from the problems that you have every day. That is what sports is. But those problems that you have every day, those joys that you have every day, or those joys that you can have every day, one being the birth of your child? Yeah. Let's remember, ladies and gentlemen, Sports to Daniel Hudson is a job. Do you take off from your job when your child is born? You sure as shit do. I took off, and that was my niece and nephew. I talked about that to Caleb this past week, how I took off four days to be with my brother and my sister-in-law when they were born. Four days, and my boss didn't care. She said, and I give her credit, she said, are they healthy? Congratulations. Yeah, well, to anybody else that's saying different, I concur with Sean Doolittle. You're an asshole, plain and simple. Okay, the other article on ESPN is about Matt Stafford's wife. If you haven't followed this, this, this story the entire year, Matt Stafford's wife, I believe her name is Kelly. I'm going to get that right now. I'm sure her name is Kelly. If I can find the article. Well, there's the Stafford, there's the Hudson article. All right. I'm going to have to find this. I believe her name is Kelly Stafford. Yep, Kelly Stafford. Kelly Stafford in June had a brain tumor. Again. Not again that she had another one, but again, this is life. This is not sports. And Matt Stafford was given off by the Detroit Lions to take care of his wife. His wife, it was a non-cancerous tumor. She had it removed. She had to relearn how to walk. She had to relearn how to pick up her children. She had to relearn how to live. Again, life, not sports. Does it have an ancillary connotation of sports? Absolutely. Matt Stafford is the quarterback of the Detroit Lions, has been for the last 11 years. I don't care. I wasn't reading a football article. I was reading an article about a woman 
that relearned how to walk, that relearned how to live, that has now survived a brain tumor, much like my aunt did, and is now surviving. That is what I read. That is what you should read. If you don't read, if you read only two articles this entire week, one of them should be Jeff Passan's article about Daniel Hudson. The other one should be the first-hand account by Kelly Stafford. You can find this on ESPN. She wrote it with Emily Kaplan, who used to write for MMQB and Peter King's group on, C- on SI. Kelly Stafford's recovery from brain tumor. Quote, my biggest fear is not being here. Read the article. Okay. So there are five minutes left in the show. I've gone on for 40 minutes. I'm quite surprised. But the last thing I want to say is, wow, Sports Illustrated, wow. I grew up reading SI. Did I have a subscription? Nope. Nope, I was one of those guys that would go to the doctor's offices and read SI. I was one of those guys that would go to my friend's house and read Sports Illustrated. I didn't get subscriptions when I was a child except the highlight. So I, not because we couldn't afford it, just because it just didn't happen. But I love turning the pages, and not just of the swimsuit issue, although I love those too. Of every issue. Loved reading Rick Riley's columns when they pertained to me. Really didn't deal with the golf too much. I love reading Faces in the Crowd because that could have been me. I loved reading Sports Illustrated. When Sports Illustrated became a website, I loved reading Sports Illustrated. And then it became the website that CNN would go to for sports. And I loved Sports Illustrated. Unfortunately, then CNN went to Bleacher Report. And the quality of Sports Illustrated's online service was not there. And ESPN brought forth their website. And I started reading that. And every once in a while, I go back to SI, especially for Monday Morning Quarterback. And then maybe Andrew Brandt. And most of those writers have now gone over to The Athletic, where I also read. But it is horrendous, the demise of Sports Illustrated. It is horrendous that another one of the things that I cherished as a youth is now going by the wayside. I was talking with a gentleman on the, pl- on the plane yesterday when I was coming home as to how the world has changed. My get-off-my-lawn moment, I guess since I was a child, about planes, being able to get tickets on your phone as opposed to waiting for them in the mail. Can you imagine waiting for a plane ticket in the mail now or the line for customer service to get that plane ticket or even calling for your plane ticket because there was no online. There was no Well, the one thing that I will miss the most is the quality of Sports Illustrated. Sports Illustrated had always been a beacon of when I used to write, I wanted to be in Sports Illustrated. That was one of the goals. I don't write anymore. I probably should get back to that. But 
it's a sad day when those writers from Sports Illustrated no longer have a place to write. Next week, we will have our NBA preview. Uh, Seth will be back post 10:15 for Seth Kamens, who is probably still slugging away at an Excel spreadsheet. This is Sean Palmer in Atlanta, backsportspage.com, blog talk radio, Seth and Sean Sports. Hope you enjoyed the show, solo act. We'll see you next week. Have a great one, everybody.